going on people welcome to another episode of clutch pod this is episode 22 i believe so big up everyone supporting and listening and showing love to the podcast fam. i appreciate that still i appreciate it as always i'm your host ab and i'm going to be taking you through premier league weekend results and we've got a champions league preview for this week's upcoming second leg fixtures as well so kicking off in the prem there was a lot of derbies this weekend, starting off the North London derby. That was the first derby of the weekend. Tottenham Hotspur against Arsenal at Wembley. Feisty derby, probably right now, probably the feistiest derby in, in the Prem. Yeah, probably is, because obviously United ain't really challenging for the Prem and Man City are just going ahead of steam. So I wouldn't say the Manchester derby, but yeah, North London derby is probably the most heated at the moment. Obviously, we all know how much... These two teams hate each other, so you know they're not leaving nothing on the pitch. <coughs> one one draw. Um it was I predicted the draw and it ended one one. Obviously, both teams did have chances to, you know, win the game, but I feel like um when looking back at the game, a draw was a fair result. Aaron Ramsey put Arsenal into the lead. How important is that guy to the Arsenal team? He's so clutch, man. Obviously, a lot of Arsenal fans give him stick because he's not that consistent. But on a big game, Aaron Ramsey turns up, man. Look, look at the FA Cup final against Hull back in, I even remember what year it was. But Arsenal fans know, innit? Like, he clutched up then. He, oh, he just, he's just a great player, man. Obviously, for him to go for free, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like that's a poor piece of judgment. But it is what it is. He left his mark on his final North London derby and he scored. So that just shows that even though he's leaving, he's still showing commitment. So big up him. So, yeah, he put them into the lead 1-0. Then Harry Kane equalising with a penalty after being brought down by you-know-who, squadron Mustafi. I've been telling man about Mustafi. He's so rash. Like, he, I think he lacks defensive IQ. And I really don't understand why or how he lacks it because this guy is a full German international World Cup winner. And he's not even like he's in the Germany squad to make up the numbers and that. Like, he's an integral part of their defence. So, please tell me why he's just making mistake after mistake, like, who did he push? It was, I don't even remember who he pushed. I think it was Laurenti or someone, but there was no need for it. Like, I'm watching it back and I'm thinking, come on, fam. Like, your team is 1-0 up, yeah. And you can just, you could see Arsenal seeing out the result and getting a point. And getting all three points through because Spurs didn't even look like they were threatening that much, like creating chances. But then you go and do that and then give away a penalty. So, yeah, Harry Kane tucked away the penalty in a corner clinical tucking away 16th goal of the season you know he's not gonna miss those but before that though i want to talk about leno because that guy made a magnificent double save it was david de gea-esque <laughs> double save it was a header for i think it was from kane then um musa soko he thought we had he thought he had an open goal tried to just slow it in then he bounced back showed great reflexes and saved it and he was probably one of them man of the match candidates for me anyway because he put in a great performance obviously he has said he needs time to acclimatize to life in england and he's doing his thing in it like i know another great goalkeeper who when he first came into the premier league was a bit dodgy but started putting off saves like that and <laughs> last time i heard he was the best goalkeeper in the world but wait what do i know but yeah a great double save by him and towards the end of the game sanchez that's another defender davinson sanchez he just I don't, 1v1, yeah, I don't trust him, man. I don't trust him at all because he's a, he's a good defender, but sometimes I think he just, it's a lapse of concentration and he just does some rash things like, 
the pen for um Arsenal was such a penalty, like it was such a pen. It was a great piece of play though by Mkhitaryan on that right wing. Mkhitaryan had a solid game, played well. I think who was it? He twists up someone. I don't even remember who it was, but he twists man up, played that free ball for Abamyang. Abamyang one v one with Davinson Sanchez. I just knew it was either gonna result in a goal or a pen, <coughs> and it was a pen. So Arsenal awarded a pen. Up steps Abamyang to take it. He missed. He missed the penalty. It was a poor pen, fam. A poor penalty. Like he didn't stick it in the corner. He didn't. He didn't stick it in the corner at all. Like it was. It was a, a great height for um Lloris to save as well. So they'll be disappointed with that man because that could have been a great way to secure all three points and rub it in them Tottenham faces. He choked the penalty. Yeah, the game ended one all. Spurs drawing the first game of the season after twenty nine games. I don't even know if that's a good record. I don't know because, boy, they lost eight games in it. So, so yeah, one will draw. I feel like that benefits teams just behind them in United and Chelsea as they both have a chance to gain ground. Well, they both did gain ground because they both won on the weekend as well. So now the gap between Tottenham Hotspur and fourth place is three points. So, boy, like I said last week, like I predicted, Spurs are getting dragged into that Champions League top four race. And, boy, the way I see it right now, I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to finish in the top four Spurs, you know. I think United and Arsenal will finish in the top four. Definitely not Spurs. I think even Chelsea have a better chance to finish in the top four than Spurs. That I just don't rate them right now at all, man. I mean, they were they were very, very lackluster in that game. They didn't really create a lot of chances per se. I know, obviously, Harry Kane, he had that great chance and then that double save from Leno. And I don't know why yeah, Pochettino loves taking off Son in these games. Yeah. He brought on Lorente for Son. I don't, I don't really think that was a good change for him. Because Son, he was in a purple patch when Kane was injured. When he first came back from the Asian Cup, this brother was banging in goals left, right and centre. I think he single-handedly won them like three games during that period. So if that doesn't go to show how big time and clutch a player is, then I don't know, man. Because... You're bringing on a guy in Lorente who, being kind, yeah, he, he's, he's not a goal-getter. Not, not for Tottenham, anyway. I know he was banging in goals at Athletic Bilbao, but in the Premier League, he's just been dog shit, man. I'm sorry, bro. A couple of Arsenal fans were talking about saying that that felt like a defeat, and I don't blame them because, obviously, especially with the missed penalty and that, other than that, they created a lot of chances. They they tried hard, didn't it? They did go down to 10 men. Lucas Torreira, with a, it, was just, it was just a red card, man. Like, you know, sometimes, yeah... The way referees just stigmatise, be like, oh, it was never a red, this, this, that. Even with um, the penalty, them three Tottenham players were offside. Like, Kane was offside, Sanchez was offside, and I can't even remember the other player that was offside, but that was clear, it. But this, <laughs> nah, it was just a red, like. I heard a couple of Arsenal man say, but he won the ball, but fam, did you see the follow-through? Like, if that had touched him, yeah, that would have twisted up his ankle. And Torreira's got that in his game, man. Obviously... I don't know why in England we praise a lot of players that like run around doing mad stuff like and things like that, like showing aggression. Obviously it shows passion, yeah, but in terms of tech, I don't know about that guy. But obviously he has he does show a lot of passion. He scored in the last North London derby for Arsenal as well. I think that was the goal that sealed it. And then this one he ended up getting sent off. <laughs> it is what it is, but it was it was just a red card, man. So that's disappointing on his half. That one will draw leaves Arsenal in fifth place, a point behind United, who are in fourth. So, like I said, the top four race is hotting up because now Spurs have been dragged back into it. Now even Arsenal fans, are, you heard them talking about how they can reach third in the league and that. So that's the little race that we got going on in the Premier League at the moment. 
behind the title race. Third place position race. But yeah, let's move on though to the game at Old Trafford. United hosted Southampton. <laughs> what did I say on the last pod? On the last pod, yeah, <laughs> I said it just looks like a 3-0 victory. Comprehensive. Lukaku scoring, Rasa scoring, this, this, that. But then I said in the Premier League, there's no gimmies. Like, there's no easy game. Look at what Southampton tried to put me through. I can't lie. Over the past couple of years, yeah, I've developed a strong hate for Southampton. And I think it all stemmed from the first... Imagine, the first game I ever went to at Old Trafford. Think about how gassed I was. It was... I think it was 2013, yeah? Louis van Gaal era. I don't even want to talk about that too much. But yeah, so I went all the way up to Old Trafford from ends. So long coach, long, long coach journey. Went up there. <laughs> saw my team lose 1-0. What we didn't even score, fam. I couldn't even celebrate a goal. I didn't even have the have the luxury of saying I celebrate a United goal at Old Trafford. Like we lost one nil. I remember Dusan Tadic scored. Like I was so vexed. So yeah, when I saw it was one nil down, I said, alright, cool. Maybe a little lapse of concentration. We'll we'll get them though. We'll get them. I see one one. Then we go two one down. I was thinking, brother. <laughs> we need his three points, you know, especially with Arsenal and Tottenham dropping points. But you see, Lukaku, Romelu Lukaku, big Rom, he clutched up two big goals for us and that gave us the three points. But I can't lie, there were some serious goal of the season contenders in that game. I mean, Valerie, I think he's a right back or something. He scored a screamer. You know your goal, yeah, is, is quality when you beat the hair at the near post. He didn't even expect it. Like, it was just... The shot was filled with venom. Beat the hair. The hair got a hand to it, but obviously the shot power was just too much. So it just crept into the net. It was a great goal from him. Andres Pereira, take a bow, Sankers. That goal was class. Think about it like this, yeah? It was a counter, innit? Luke Shaw was free on the left-hand side, ready to whip in a ball for Lukaku. The brother said, nah, I got this, I got this. Oh, you see him open up his right foot, finesse. Top bins, great finish from Andreas Pereira. This is a guy that's been in and out of the squad as well. So for him to have that confidence, it's good for him, man. So big up him, man, 10 times. And obviously James Ward-Prowse with a great free kick as well. Beat the hair. I was just thinking, rah, these men are really on something. But we got the win in the end. Big Rom, two goals with his right foot, you know. Big up him. He's got four goals now in his last two games. That's four goals in the last three days as well. Banged in two goals against Palace as well to see off the win. So, I'm happy for him. He's in great form. He's been criticised heavily in the past for, you know, not tracking back, not putting in effort, his first touch, this, this and that. But I can't lie. Like I said on the last pod, when we need him, he stepped up. This is the second time he's done it. I know it's been against Crystal Palace and Southampton, but those are the goals that you need to, you know, refine, regain your confidence. That's what you need to do, score against these teams. Obviously, Wednesday, that's the big game for United. Two goals down. We have to go park the prance, get a result. I'll be discussing tactics on what I think we should do. Putting my managerial hat on. <laughs> We're going to be discussing that in the Champions League segment shortly. But as for now, great result for United. Back into the top four. And as I said before, I predicted this, you know. I called this, you know. I said, Tottenham and Arsenal are going to drop points. Arsenal are just 
keeping the top four spot warm for us because when we grab it, we're not letting go. And obviously, you know the big game that's coming on Sunday after the Champions League game. We go to the Emirates, the Milli Rock Arena. <laughs> so yeah, that's another big, big game for the top top four race. In fact, top three race, man, because I really think we can get a third place spot as well. Considering the run of fixtures Spurs have as well, they got to play Man City at the Etihad and they got to go Anfield. So I see them getting beat down in both those games. So yeah, the top three race is hotting up. It's hotting up for real. All of the teams have a chance to say that they deserve to finish third. But I actually think it's United, man. Come on, Oli's at the wheel, fam. What can go wrong? With the victory against Southampton, I don't know, man. I felt like we can't be going down at home to Southampton like that. I know we got the result in the end, but we have to guard against complacency going forward. Because even I was gassed before. The, I was thinking, yeah, it's just a beat. We're just going to deal with them, especially with the form we're in. But like I said, fam... Sometimes these games, form doesn't matter at all, bruv. I'm telling you. It's just on the day, you have to turn up. You can't just think that, all right, cool. Man's just going to run around the pitch, bang a couple goals, and that'll be it. Like, these teams, yeah, the Premier League is a hard league for me. If you're not on point, you can get beat down. Look at when Bournemouth beat down Chelsea 4-0 a couple weeks ago. You think they expected that? They just thought, all right, cool. We'll get into the vitality. We might grab a win. Worst case scenario, maybe a draw in it, and then we <coughs> go back home. Fam, little did they know what was in store for them. So, yeah, this is the Premier League. This is why Premier League is probably one of the greatest leagues in the world because anything can happen. Anyone can lose on any given day. But, yeah, with that, let's move on. Merseyside derby. Obviously, Liverpool know what they needed to do because after this game, they would have played the same number of games as Man City. This is basically the game in hand, basically. So, yeah, they knew what they needed to do at Goodison Park. Everton, if you don't know, Everton, when they play Liverpool... They just, they just shit, bruv. I don't know why. You're thinking it's a derby, yeah? Like, everyone's going to be amped up. Goodison Park, they got a nice little atmosphere as well. Like, th that's a stadium that slept on. Like, the crowd get behind them, you know? People don't deep it because, obviously, it's Everton. But against Everton, they just shit. Like, obviously, at Anfield, yeah? If you don't remember, I remember Origi scored that last-minute goal. It was such a beaky goal, and then they lost. But their record against Liverpool is just shambolic, man. So, I was just expecting Liverpool are just going to deal with them. Especially, you know, they got title aspirations as well. And they have slipped up in recent games when they could have, you know, put distance between them and City. I'm talking about the draw against West Ham, Leicester, and even when they played United. So, yeah. Liverpool, another disappointing result, man. They drew nil-nil. Didn't even score, bruv. Like, they bo they bottled it, man. That game, they bottled it. And the worst thing is they know. They know. Like, in any other circumstances, a draw away from home against a good side like Everton, you'll take that. But nah, man. To Liverpool fans, that should feel like a defeat for you, man. Because that was that performance was not good enough at all. Mo Salah, <laughs> you see that guy, yeah? <laughs> not now, but we're going to have a discussion about Mo Salah. Not right now, though. Right now, I'm the type of person, yeah, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, innit? Like, I'll give you your chance until when there's no way of redemption. That's when I'm going to come with the statistics. <laughs> the statistics and just finish you. So, Mo Salah, for now, yeah, you're under the course, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, innit? But other than that, and it was it was a poor, poor performance, man. Origi got the nod ahead of Sturridge again for Liverpool. And, fam, people are sleeping on Sturridge, fam. They, th they don't know about Sturridge, fam. I'm telling you, Sturridge starts that game, yeah? Liverpool win, I promise you. You know what? I, it's not even like I'm part of a bandwagon, but 
Sturridge is a striker. Like he knows where the back of the net is. And for Klopp to put faith in someone that just likes to run around the pitch and show energy in Origi, boy, I don't know, man. I feel like that decision is going to come again and haunt him. But it wasn't Origi's fault solely why they lost. It was the team as a collective. They didn't show any desire whatsoever. Everton, I feel like they were just there for the taking. Like they could have, they could have lost that game by any scoreline that game. So it's a thing whereby points dropped for Liverpool. They've been dethroned at the top of the Premier League by Man City by a point. Nine games remaining in the Premier League season. I believe City, they're just going to go on and win it. It's as simple as that. You know what it is as well? I said this on a couple pods ago, yeah. It's a mental thing. Because like I said, you can have all the tech in the world, yeah. They can have a Messi on their side. If you don't believe you're going to win, you'll never, ever win anything. Like, football is a mental game, I'm telling you. Like, the mental strength you need for a title challenge, yeah, is underrated. You need it. And it's not a good look when you got your <laughs> when you got your manager, yeah, who we already know how poor his his finals record are. I think he's just three of his last cup finals. He's got a losing mentality as well, man. Like, I don't know, man. They're, they're not built for it, yeah. And it's not a good look when you got your manager. Man's blaming the wind for <laughs> as to why they, they couldn't win, you know. When I was listening to the press conference, I thought it was photoshopped. That's how taken aback I was. The man said the the windy conditions. That like, brother, what are you talking about, fam? He sounded like Ty from Arsenal fan TV. Then man will find anything to blame, yeah, on why they didn't perform. The other game against United, he blamed the fact that United players got injured as to why they couldn't win, fam. Not not his, not Liverpool players. Mo Salah was fit. He blames United's players for getting injured as to why they didn't win. So. All this finger pointing, yeah, it's not a good look at all. Like, if he was to stand up and say, all right, cool, I got uh, this tactic wrong, this tactic wrong, I should have started my man instead of my man, you'd be like, all right, cool, you've uh, accepted responsibility for your performance. And you you might even get more respect for that, but you can't blame the wind, like the wind, fam. Come on, man, that's a joke. And what are the Liverpool players going to think about when they hear that, fam? They're going to think, ah, oh, yeah, it was the wind still, it was the wind. Jokers, fam, they're not they're serious. And another thing I want to talk about, yeah. If you want to laugh, yeah, search the hashtag until a clock out. The tweets, the responses I've seen, yeah, from Liverpool fans, like, I cool, I know, yeah. Me personally, like, there's in every in every team, yeah. There's a fan base that are mad deluded, like in every fan base. But you see them Liverpool fans, yeah. The tweets I saw. Let me even read one out. One brother was like. Klopp's not a winner. We need to get him out. Klopp out ASAP. We need someone that can come in and do the job. We need Mourinho. <laughs> I was thinking, huh? You want Mourinho? <laughs> Mourinho will run that Liverpool team into the ground. Believe me. I don't know. I don't know. They, they think they're in a crisis. I mean, it is a point. But like I said, I don't think they believe it, man. I don't think they believe it at all. They don't think that they're going to win the title. and They're just not going to win it. Moving on to the West London derby, though. The game at Craven Cottage. Fulham hosted Chelsea. Fulham, obviously, they got rid of Claudio Ranieri, as I did predict. So, he's gone now. They brought in Scott Parker, you know, club legend, super Scott, former captain as well. He retired at Fulham, what was it, like two, three years ago? So, I feel like that's a decent appointment from Shahid Khan, the chairman, to bring in, you know, a player who knows the club's traditions, who knows what the club is about. I feel like... That appointment was, you know, to try and bring back the feel-good effect to 
to uh, Fulham. Similar to, you know, the appointment of Solskjaer. Obviously, it's on an interim basis. The fans have affection for the player. So, you know, they're going to back him as well. The players respect the player as well. So, it's basically a mirror situation to the appointment of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So, yeah, Scott Parker's come in. It was his first game. They did lose 2-1, but it was one of those games where I feel like they deserved something. They definitely deserved to... Uh, come away with at least a point from that game. Higuain put Chelsea into the lead. Great poachers finished. It's such a Higuain goal. Like, you know, peel off the defender, tuck it in quickly in the near post before the keeper has time to react. Um, Fulham showed fight. They they equalised, like, what, 10 minutes later? Callum Chambers, you know. What's Callum Chambers doing lurky-lurky at the, at the far post, fam? And he took that shot well, like a striker. Struck it half volley into the ground. That was a great finish from him. Obviously, on loan from Arsenal as well. And then, Jorginho scored. I think that's his first goal of the season, actually. And, boy, it, I was surprised, man. Not Jorginho. Not the guy who's been a rubbish all season, man. It was a great finish from him, though. It was a good finish from him. Top corner. Finesse. I like them goals, man. Finesse. It takes so much tech. Second half. Second half, it was all Fulham, man. They dominated. Uh, Mitrovic had a great chance. Saved by Kepa. Oh, yeah, Kepa. <laughs> Kepa got restored into the starting lineup <laughs> for Chelsea. Sarri's dealt with it the way he's dealt with it. Obviously, found him a week's wages and dropped him a game. So, I feel like that's acceptable. And he said he's sorry in it. So, we move, man. There's, there's no point in trying to drag the situation for a long time. It's only going to, you know, affect the change room even more. So, yeah, he made a great save, though. I, he even got man in the match. So, big up him, in it. <laughs> big up him. But yeah, and Fulham did score. Ryan Sessiong bagging a goal, but it was offside. But I was so upset as well because that goal would have done so much for their confidence. But like I said, it was it was a good performance from Fulham, man. It was a great performance. Obviously, at the back, they still need to sort out their problems. I feel like they know they're going down as well. That's why, you know, they have appointed Scott Parker. He's going to try, you know, develop the team further. He might have to get rid of a lot of players because they did buy... Players for huge price tags, talking like Seri uh, and Gisa as well. Them man went for like a combined, like what, 50 mil. So obviously they're going to have to get rid of them players when they do drop down to the championship. It's looking inevitable now, man. The performance is something that they'll look back on and be like, you know what, we actually tried, man. They actually tried. Chelsea, they, they were poor, man. They were very poor. I expected a lot more from them. Hazard, Hazard, he wasn't at it at all. He got subbed as well. That just goes to show... The way he performed was not good enough. But they did come away with the win, in it. Like, what more can you ask for? Obviously, the, being the fact that it is a derby, the underdogs, which are Fulham, it's, it's their derby anyway, Fulham. It's not really... Chelsea is just a game for them. So, being that, they did have to, you know, try and battle hard because Fulham were trying to, you know, play their hearts out because they wanted the bragging rights of West London, in it. But it didn't it didn't go well for them. And now, yeah, they're, they're just going to face relegation. Chelsea, that win... They're still in sixth though, but they do have a game in hand on Arsenal and United. So they win that game in hand and they can be back in the top four. Moving on though, the league leaders right now, Man City. They played Bournemouth on Saturday, 1-0 win. Can't lie, back-to-back 1-0 wins for City against teams that you would have thought they would have just brushed aside, you know, scored 3-4 goals. They beat West Ham 1-0. They've beaten Bournemouth at the Vitality 1-0. So they just, I don't know, they're just like chugging along, in it. And you know them two results? That's that's results of champions, you know. You know games, you don't really play well, or in this sense, they did, they played well. They had like, what, 73% possession? So, and Bournemouth, they had zero shots. N- not on target, zero shots in general. 
So I feel like City were just in cruise control. That's just stuff of champions, man. Back-to-back 1-0 wins. Remember when Leicester won the league in 2016? They had like five games in a row when they were just winning 1-0, 1-0, 1-0 away, 1-0 at home, 1-0 at home. <laughs> like, it's just, it's one of those stuff where you're not playing spectacular football, but you're just doing your thing. And that's what City are good at, man. They have the experience as well. That's why most men back them to win the title. So, yeah, Mares scoring the goal. Obviously, he's had... Sh- He's had problems though, man. And you can't really blame him because Sterling's been on form this season. So you can't really bench a man who's been just doing these things. Like, look at Sane. Sane. Sane's struggling to make the starting 11. So you know you're doing, you know you've got an abundance of talent when you have a man like Leroy Sane, Gabriel Jesus. You've got a club record signing in Riyad Mahrez, just bench warming. Like, it's crazy. But big up him. He's got all three points for his side. And he'll be hoping that he can, you know, stay in that 11. They got a point clear. This is the first time City are top of the table when everyone's played the same amount of matches. So, the table the table tells no lies, man. It tells no lies at all. So, yeah, they're going to be looking to, you know, wrap up another Premier League title for them. Moving on to the other weekend results. On Saturday, Brighton beat Huddersfield 1-0. Huddersfield, they're just they're doomed. They're done out here. Crystal Palace beat Burnley at Turf Moor. So, away from home by three goals to one. I saw, <laughs> I saw the admin tweet, Source FC. I can't lie, I'm down for that bandwagon still. Zaha getting on the score sheet again. He's been back, I need to put him back in my fantasy team. I don't know, I think, I, yeah, I took him out when he got injured. Zaha, Batshuayi scoring as well. He's doing. He's been doing his thing. I think he's got like two in his last three now. Obviously, on loan from Chelsea. It'll be interesting to see if they can get him on a permanent deal. I'd like to see him go to Palace on a permanent deal. Obviously, it's a huge step down from a player who... Was at Dortmund, Valencia, Marseille before Chelsea signed him. Chelsea to go to flipping Selhurst Park. But sometimes you got to take that step down to take the step up. Don't sleep on that. <laughs> but yeah, um, good win for Palace. Source FC. <laughs> I'm down for that still. <laughs> they are in their 13th in the league though. Um, yeah, nah, they were never going down anyway, realistically. They're always them teams. The question for them, the challenge for them is to see if they can break into that top 10. Everton are currently 10th. They're four points away from them. So that's a challenge for them. If they can, you know, keep doing their thing, picking up these wins and try to see if they can go into the top 10. It'll be big for South London as well, fam. Obviously, I've banged for them, man. Big up them, man. Shout out Juan Bissaka as well, holding it down at right back. I saw a statistic that he's he's the defender that's completing the most tackles out of all the defenders in the top five European leagues. That's mad, you know. 1v1, you're not getting past him. you got the pace. And he's got the tackling ability. He's looking like a great prospect for the future. Obviously, the question for him will be, can he do it at a big club? But people need to relax with that talk too soon, man. Because they need to let these players develop at these small clubs properly before they start talking about, can they step up? Because we've seen the harm that is done when young players who are not, who are still developing, go to big clubs where they don't even get game time. Um, most notably, obviously, Zahar at United which led him to go back to Palace. So, yeah, big up Wan-Bissaka. Hopefully, he gets an England call-up. International break is soon in about two or two weeks or so. So, I want to see him in the England side, man. Let him get his debut and that, man. Other results on Saturday. Wolves got back to winning ways, winning 2-0 against Cardiff. There were two goals in, like, two first-half minutes. That just that, that was, that like the 1-2 combo just, just knocked the stuff in out of Cardiff. So, yeah, it's a game they, they were expected to win anyway. So, the last game on Saturday, West Ham beat... Newcastle 2-0. 
Mark Noble scoring, a pen and Declan Rice scoring. Aye, Declan Rice put them into the lead. I was at that game actually. Man, but Mark Noble still, I had to give one shirt to one of the fans in the crowd still. <laughs> I had to stay in that shirt. That shirt would have gone for peace, fam. <laughs> at least the Bills. Because the captain of West Ham and he scored that game that they won. And they opened the new stand in that stadium as well. <laughs> I would have made bread, but obviously I had to do the morally correct thing. But yeah, um, back to the game, back to the game. So yeah, Declan Rice scoring. He's, he's a good player as well. That's another good young English prospect. Like the future's looking bright for English football. You know, you got all these ballers. You got your Wambisakas. You got your uh, Declan Rices. Obviously, you got your Rashfords. You got Jaden Sancho tearing up the Bundesliga. Like the prospect for English football is looking is looking very very good. But yeah, big up Declan Rice. Man down the little gun lean as well. Certain man was calling it what the water bottle wobble because it was so dead. <laughs> Man said the water bottle wobble. Aye, nah, Twitter is a funny place, man, I tell ya. <laughs> so, yeah, good tuna win for um, the Irons. Ninth in the Prem. Can't, you can't argue with that, man. They just, you can't argue with that at all. And, yeah, the early game on Sunday, Watford beat Leicester 2-1. Brendan Rodgers taking charge of his first game as a Leicester manager. It ended in a heartbreak, though. Andre Gray scoring in the 92nd minute. The winner for Watford after Troy Deeney. Deeney! The captain put them into the lead. That's another brother I need to put in my fantasy team. He's been on form recently. I think he's got three goals in his last two games or something like that. So, yeah, big up them, man. Watford and Wolves battling for that seventh place spot in the Prem. Looking ahead to the Premier League weekend fixtures before we move to the Champions League preview. Top six sides that are in action this weekend in the Premier League. Man City, they host Watford. That's the late kickoff on Saturday. Um, I did say Watford, they're one of them teams, they're, they're like best of the rest in it right now. They're in eighth. But I can't lie. I would think that against the top teams, there would, you know, be more of a challenge. Especially the thing that just made me just not rate them when it comes to big teams was the way Liverpool just dealt with them like last week. 5-0. Like, come on, man. At least score. <laughs> At least score. But yeah, so that was disappointing. So they're going against Man City. Um, I would like to say that if, if Watford play like the Watford way, I don't know what way that is, but the way that's led them to be eighth in the league, then obviously they can cause Man City a, a huge problem. They can cause Man City a lot of problems. Obviously, they've got techie players, DLFA, Troy Deeney's in form, Andre Gray. They've got players that can cause any sad problems, but I think City will just be too much for them. Like I said, City right now, they're just in cruise control. So whenever they need to step it up, they're just going to step it up and brush aside Watford like. So, it'll just be interesting to see what the final result is. I predict a City win. But I will not be surprised if Watford leave with something from that game. But yeah, so that's the game on Saturday. On Sunday, we got four of the top six. We got some big games. We got Liverpool host Burnley at, at Anfield. On paper, that just screams the Liverpool victory. But the way they've been dodgy and obviously depending on the wind, <laughs> I don't know if they can collect all three points in it. But realistically, they should be winning, innit? With Burnley their side, they, they shouldn't cause them any problems at all. Unless unless they want to go route one. But Liverpool, they should they they have the talent to see it out. But we never know. This is the Premier League. Um a game that should be much harder for a team. Chelsea, they play Wolves at Stamford Bridge. Wolves, we all know how 
how much they clutch up when it's the big teams. Before this victory against Cardiff on the weekend, they drew to Bournemouth and lost to Huddersfield. So, you know, they, they're trying to get back to winning ways. Um, I would even put it past them to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, you know. I watched Chelsea against Fulham at Craven Cottage. They were poor. They still won, though, so you got to give credit where it's due. But Wolves, if Wolves play the way they've been playing against top six sides, they're definitely going to get something from that game. No doubt about it. I got faith in them. I got faith in them. And the last game on Super Sunday is the big one, the timeline derby. United go to the Milly Rock Arena. <laughs> Alright, let me not laugh too much. You right, least still. United play Arsenal at the Emirates. Big game. Both teams, they feel like they can touch third place in the league. They they genuinely feel like they can displace Tottenham and finish third. So it's not just top four they're fighting for. They're fighting for third place. And obviously that third place comes with automatic Champions League qualification. Whereas if you finish fourth, you've got to go like Belarus or Azerbaijan or Kazakhstan and play them man in a two-legged tie when the pitch is actual turf. So <laughs> I don't think any team really wants to finish fourth. So yeah, that's a big, big game for United. Well, big game for both sides. Um, from a United perspective, we all know what happens when we play Arsenal. We go around there or they come around here and we just deal with them. Look what happened in the FA Cup. We had Lukaku <laughs> dishing out two assists and Sanchez scoring. Like Sanchez, ah, he's out though. Sanchez damaged his knee ligaments in the victory against Southampton. So he's out for six to eight weeks. That's very annoying because it comes at a time where we've got a lot of players who are injured. Lingard's injured. Marshall's injured. Rashford's give or take. Matic is injured, so even though he's been shit the whole season, the fact that we had him and the fact that on his day, he's probably one of the best players in the Prem, that was, you know, giving us kind of, well, me anyway, that was giving me whole pin it that maybe he could flick the switch and become the, the Arsenal Sanchez, but now that's definitely not going to happen because he's out for eight weeks. So, yeah, and obviously this game is coming off the back of the Champions League game against PSG, so depending on that result, It'll, it could, I don't think it'll affect the momentum anyway, because I feel like right now it's a happy dressing room. Solskjaer's at the wheel. We're doing great things. So there's no way we can't go Emirates and get a win. We've already done it this season. And when we were, when we were playing shit against Mourinho, when I expected us to lose to Arsenal, we didn't. We drew. It was 2-2 at Old Trafford in the league. So I fully feel like we're going to go there and get all three points. I have no doubt about that. But Arsenal... They've been playing well, though, man. I mean, <laughs> they do against Spurs, but they've been playing well. Aubameyang's been doing his thing. I know he missed a penalty, but it happens, man. Pogs missed a penalty on the weekend against Southampton when we could have just, you know, put daylight into the scoreline. 1-4-2, like, big win. But he missed a penalty. I think he's missed three penalties this season. He missed two, and he scored a rebound of one. So, I don't really want him taking pen. No, I do want him taking penalties. What am I talking about? I feel like that particular penalty against Southampton, he shouldn't have taken it. Lukaku should have taken it. Should have taken it. Lukaku, bear in mind, yeah, during the time of the penalty, he had two goals. So obviously, he's a striker as well, so you want him to get a hat-trick. And he had two goals in his last game as well. So it's not that you're lack short of confidence. That he's, His confidence is high. We've just seen him score two goals on his supposedly weak foot. Big man, why can't he... Take the rule of Pogba and say, I want this penalty. Let me take it. There's no way Pogba will say no. Like, them men are genuinely boys. Like, it's not a beef thing. He will happily give him the ball. But Lukaku, he's on this sharing thing, man. That's what I don't rate. Like, as a striker, you need to be selfish. That's like, savage. That like, it's a penalty. You're on two goals. There's no other player on the pitch that needs to take that penalty other than you. 
you need your hat trick. Like you're the striker, fam. But he's on this, he's on this caring and sharing thing. So do your thing in it. At the end of the day, we won, so I couldn't really give a toss. But back to the Arsenal game. Yeah, I feel like. If we play the way we usually play against Arsenal, there's no way we ain't going to pick up all three points. And we need all three points as well. So we can, you know, cement a top three finish, which will be a fantastic season for us. Considering what we had to endure with that terrorist. <laughs> I want to say his name on a pod, fam. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a big game. Yeah, so that's the weekend fixtures coming up in the Premier League. But before that, we got the Champions League preview. This week, Champions League, round of 16, second leg fixtures. This is where it happens, fam. This is where you need your big players to step up in these in these big games. You're not playing domestic Burnley or Brighton or Bournemouth. This is the big boys league, fam. So on Tuesday, Dortmund, they, they host Spurs at Signal in Duna Park. Obviously, they got a free goal deficit to overturn. It's a big ask for them. It's a big ask, man. But... I wouldn't be too surprised if they go on and win 4-0 or win 3-0 and beat them on pens or something like that. Because an elite centre-back <laughs> once said, you know, <laughs> it's the history of the Tottenham, you know. They score lots of goals, create chance. But when it really matters, they ain't there, fam. And this is, these are the words of Giorgio Chiellini after Juventus knocked out Spurs, after Spurs had won the <laughs> home leg. I think it was T1. So, yeah, um... <laughs> I always refer to this quote because Champions League, yeah, this is where the big boys come out to play. But um, as for Dortmund, they were disappointing in the first leg, man. I thought I was going to see great football. I was waiting on Jadon Sancho. He tried He tried in the first half, you know. I saw glimpses of quality from him. But all in all, it wasn't It wasn't a good performance because <laughs> they lost 3-0, innit? it? Um, Tottenham, Tottenham just blew them out of the water. I mean, Vertonghen had a masterclass. Man was playing left wing back. Like, this is a centre-back. Playing left wing back, ripping in crosses. He got a goal as well. Tottenham, they played very well, man. Convincing 3-0 win at home. That's what you want in the Champions League. You want to blow out the team at home and then just go out in the second leg, keep it tight defensively, and then see out the win. So, yeah. Um, but they're going to one of the most fiercest stadiums in European football. Signal Iduna Park, the Westfalen Stadium, that yellow wall. When Dortmund get behind <laughs> their team, yeah, they can beat anybody at that stadium. Anybody, like, <laughs> anyone can hold it, fam. Look what they done to Atletico Madrid. I know it was the group stages, but Atletico Madrid, who are known to have a solid defence, you're talking Diego Godins, you're talking Vasalco before he left, you're talking Felipe Luis, like, those are veteran defenders with wealth of experience and you went and spreaded your net four times <coughs> but yeah back to this game though um you know what i actually see dortmund winning i feel like dortmund they're 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 gonna go there and win like they're gonna they're gonna beat them they're gonna go through they're gonna qualify i see them winning like what four nil <laughs> i genuinely believe that they'll beat them 
Um, I feel like Royce was injured. I think he should be back. I did see them on the weekend, though. They played Augsburg in the Bundesliga. Augsburg battling relegation from the Bundesliga. They lost 2-1. Disappointing performance for them. Um, I, I wasn't really expecting them to lose that game. Especially, obviously, their team, they're trying to win a Bundesliga title as well. They were top three points clear. The gap has now closed. They are still top, though, on goal difference. But I expected more from them. That game was on Friday night. But yeah, you can't be losing to teams like Augsburg in the Bundesliga, man. They're, they're, they're 15th. Come on, man. I, did, I expected better from them. But hopefully, um, they do perform better. Um, I want You know what? It's not even an agenda against Spurs. I just want to see a tightly contested match like between two sides that are, I feel like they are equal in... They're very level in all departments of their um, play. Obviously, Spurs have a better attack than them. But um, I feel like, other than that, they match up quite well. So, I feel like if Dortmund score in the first 10 minutes, boy, the way the stadium will erupt and the way Spurs will be pressured, <laughs> it'll be peak. It'll be, it'll, it, the tie could turn on its head like, if they score in the first 10 minutes of the game. Champions League is one of those competitions you cannot write off anybody. If I look what PSG done, look what Barcelona done against PSG. 4-0 down the first leg and look what they done to them, fam. Look at what Roma done to get... they done so well to get to the semi-finals last year, knocking out Barcelona and that. So it's mad. Anything can happen. The other game on Tuesday, Real Madrid against Ajax. Last, <laughs> on the last Champions League preview, I was like, I don't sleep on Ajax, though. But <laughs> the man then was like, nah, man, not Ajax, man. Not Ajax. I was like, listen, they got, they got, a, they got good young players. David Neres, the Brazilian. They got Matthias De Ligt. Bearing in mind, this guy won the... Ballon d'Or, the young Ballon d'Or, basically, ahead of Mbappe. So, you know the talent's there. Hakim Ziyech, like, they've got a couple ballers still. Obviously, I'm not going to gem it and say I watched the Eredivisie because I don't, innit? Like, ain't nobody got time to be watching Feyenoord and them, man. Although, big up Van Persie, he's been banging in goals for them. I see it now and again still. Don't get, don't get it twisted. But, yeah, so, Real Madrid, we all know they're not the same Real Madrid as before. Obviously, Ronaldo's gone. They just lost two old classicals in the space of three days. So if there's any, if there's ever a time to take advantage of that, it would be now. But they have a 2-1 lead that they do take to the Bernabeu. And yeah, I just don't see Ajax beating them. I don't see them beating them at all. Um, they're huge underdogs, especially the fact that they did lose at the Amsterdam Arena. So Real Madrid, they'll get the job done and progress to the next round. The game's on Wednesday in the Champions League. But it's a big one. United go to the Parc de France. They have it all to do. They lost 2-0 at home in the first leg. Mbappe scoring. Kimpembe scoring as well. I was very disappointed though. Because I felt like Kimpembe shouldn't have been on the pitch at the time that he scored. He should have got sent off for two yellows. The referee that game, yeah, he was very card happy. I mean, in the first half, I think like seven man was booked. Like Matic got booked. Obviously, Pogba got his first yellow card. Like I don't, I don't know where they get these referees from, man. But let me not be blaming the refs because we were clearly outdone by a side that's just better than us right now, man. Obviously, I like the way we're going, the direction we're going with Solskjaer. But there's just levels to it, man. They just we're just outclassed by a better side. It's as simple as that. But coming in, coming in now, going to the part the prance. Um. I'll always back my team, no matter what. Obviously, we have the talent as well to match up against anyone in the world. So, why can't we beat them? Like, genuine question. Obviously, we have it all to do. It's going to be a very, very difficult task, especially when we don't have Pogba, who's... 
he should have got sent off, man. It's disappointing. We have no Pogba. I don't even know if Matic is fit. I don't know if Marshall is fit. I don't know if Rashford's 100%. Um, Sanchez is out. One thing I will say, though, Lukaku has to start that game on Wednesday. He has to start up top. I promise you, he has to start. He's in form right now. Four goals in his last two games. He can offer us something different going forward. Uh, obviously, he likes the ball to feet, so we just need someone like Rash. This is where we need Marshall or even Lingard, who can you know find the pockets in the in the back four of the defense and get in one on one and create chances. So Lukaku up top for me, I would say Rashford uh, has to start as well, possibly on the left or on the right. The big question for me is who's going to replace Pogba? I want Mata to play in the hole. Because he's just not a winger. Like, when he came on in that second half, when him and Sanchez came on, it was just so frustrating to watch because he just wanted the ball to feet every time. And you can't blame him because he knows he hasn't got the pace at all. But, yeah, big game. Um, Neymar's still out for PSG, as is Cavani, but they still have Mbappe. They still have the Demon Rears of the world. So, it's going to be a tough, tough game. But I feel like permutations are very similar to the Dortmund game because if... United managed to score in the first 10 minutes. I feel like the whole tie is going to get turned up on his head. Because remember, PSG, they possibly still have PTSD from the time when they were 4-0 up against Barcelona and went to the new Camp and lost on, <coughs> on aggregate. So, we score in the first 10 minutes. Maybe those nerves will creep back up for them and they might be liable to make, you know, one, two mistakes that we can capitalise on. So, I have... Not all hope is lost, man. I'll back my team, fam. Look at what we've... We have a history of Champions League comebacks anyway. Look at that 1999 season against Juventus in the semi-finals <laughs> and in the final against Bayern Munich. So, I don't feel like this is a foregone conclusion at all. Not at all. But it will be a very, very tough game. But I back my team. United all the way, fam. Come on, lads. We need that win. That's it for the Champions League segment of the podcast. So, we'll be back at the conclusion of this game hopefully i'll be narrating a breathtaking comeback for manchester united as they march on into the champions league quarterfinals <coughs> but yeah um this is clutch pod i'm your host ab don't forget to follow us on twitter at clutch underscore pod and on itunes soundcloud and spotify for the last pod we did have a brief problem with getting it the pod onto spotify but it's now on there as are all the other pods much love for your continued support. We're moving on now to the NBA segment. Moving on to the NBA segment now. Before we get to, you know, the ugly stuff, the criticizing of teams that are severely underperforming. Yeah, I'm talking about the Celtics and the Lakers. Let's start on a let's start on a more happier note. I big up Dwayne Wade. That guy, yeah. I was watching the game the other day against the Warriors. They took on the Miami Heat. Hey, Miami Heat never did that thing, you know. Uh, obviously, they're a sub-500 team, but they can still keep into the playoff spaces with a few wins here and there. But the way Wade buzzer beat against the Warriors, ah, it was it was just mad, man. It was just so sick, fam. Obviously, he's on his farewell tour. What did he call it? One last dance. It was a mad buzzer beat because he tried to take the free, got blocked. Then on one leg, you know, just banked it in. <laughs> nah, it was... It was it was a great game for him, uh, coming off the bench, dropping 25-7-3. and three. You know what? He's actually been playing well. Like I feel like he's got another season in him, minimum. Like I, In fact, I feel like he's got another two seasons in, two seasons in him because he's performing way better than Dirk Nowitzki right now. And that guy might even stay on another season. So, 
I just don't understand. And right now he's averaging 14, 14 points per game, four rebounds on four assists, shooting 43% from the field. So he definitely has another year in him. But I guess you either die a hero or live long enough to be a, to see yourself turn into a villain. So I guess he's trying to die a hero. I mean, he's definitely going to die a hero because when you're still producing buzzer beater winners like that, <laughs> definitely going to die a hero. So big up D-Wade. All right, cool. Now let's get to the ugly stuff. LeBron, man, why it have to be him, man? LeBron's legacy is at stake right now. It's not looking good at all for the Lakers. As of this recording, they are four games back from a playoff spot. And boy, by the end of this recording, who knows? They could be they could be the fifteenth seed in the West. They've just been p- producing disaster class after disaster class. Starting off, they lost against Memphis at Memphis. Mike Conley cooking up 30 points, 5 assists. I just don't understand. Like, the defence, they don't play defence at all. LeBron needs the pinnacle of that as well. Because how you just watching brothers drive into the lane for layups and that, like, uncontested freeze. All of this, I don't understand. Like, your team, you, you've supposed, he's supposedly gone into playoff mode. He's activated it or whatnot. So he says, but this guy he still plays zero defense like you can score as much points rebound get as much rebounds if you're not playing defense you're always gonna lose like you're always gonna lose bro it's just so poor to watch so that was a game against memphis they got a win against the pelicans all the superstars are out patrick mahomes nfl mvp was there floyd was there so you know he could have let them down in so they done the thing the one they won the game fair play to them other than that it's just been it's just been so so poor the game against the Bucks, that was the other night. I was watching that game. It was a very, very tight game. They did have the lead going into the last three or four minutes, but they just they just blew it in the end, man. They didn't it's like they didn't have enough in the tank. Like they lost. But then again, you're losing to the Bucks. Like, I don't even think they expected to beat the Bucks. I didn't even think they expected it to be that tight. I know I certainly didn't. I was thinking, right, like they could actually get a win, and that would have boosted their momentum hugely going into other games. So, yeah, they lost to the Bucks in the end, 131 to 120. That game, LeBron did cook up 31.7 rebounds and 10 assists. And Brandon Ingram, for the last, like, two or so weeks, he's been doing his thing right, um, against the Bucks in that L. <laughs> he dropped 31 and 8, and 8 rebounds. So, he's been trying to do his thing. Um, but maybe it's, in fact, it is too little too late, man, because after that defeat against the Suns, like, how are you losing to the Suns? These men are officially the worst team in the NBA. Their record is 13 and 51. They have lost 51 basketball games. And that's the team you want to lose to, the Suns. Really. Really. They were down at the half. It was just a poor, poor performance all around. Let me just... LeBron, he, he got his double-double. 27 points, 9, nine rebounds, 16 assists. He's trying to get the job done, but... It's just the supporting cast around him. They're just not good enough at all. They tried this small ball lineup as well where Kuzma was at the five, um, LeBron at the four, Ingram at the three. It's just not working. Like, It's not working at all for them. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs. I feel they're, they're definitely not going to make the playoffs. Not at all. Not with the schedule they have coming up. And even forgetting about the schedule, like they lost to the Suns. The games that you thought, yeah, like they're definitely going to win. The Suns, like, I remember ESPN, they done some calculation thing. They calculated the likelihood of them winning um, their last few games. The Suns were like 73% that they were going to win that game and they went and lost. That just shows statistics, don't show everything, but it's very, very, very disappointing. 
the thing is, I feel like the fact that the Lakers won't make their playoffs is going to harm LeBron's legacy massively because this is a guy who, in the East, he was he went to, what, eight straight finals? How? The first time you go to the West, you don't even make the playoffs, fam. That's embarrassing, man. That's going to stain his... People thought that the three and six record in finals is going to stain his record. The fact that they might not make the playoffs, that's going to stain his record. Obviously, Luke Warren, he's definitely, they're definitely going to fire him. Like The Bleacher Report notification either came up saying that they're, they're just going to fire him <laughs> after the end of the season. It's Pete because he's just been made a scapegoat, man. But I can't lie, LeBron has to take some, not a lot of responsibility, especially... Obviously, the trade talks did harm the young core and that the Ingrams, the Kuzmas, they performed poorly. That's when it was after that they got blown out by the Pacers. LeBron's biggest defeat as a <coughs> as a basketball player. I think it was at 45 they lost, man. Something crazy. Now you got LeBron, man, just soaking, walking out of games when there's 14 seconds left. That was the game against the Bucks. He just bopped off the court like on a humble thing. Went straight to the locker room. So all this year... It's impacting like the year. I feel like that will, I know if I'm a player, yeah. If I'm a role player and I'm seeing the staff team is walking off the court, 14 seconds left, that's that will that will affect me, you know. I feel hurt. I feel like raw. I feel like we're all in this together, like ride or die sort of thing. Like that will affect me. So I I can't begin to imagine how that man must be feeling. Like it's it's a really tough predicament to be in. And it all stems down to what this offseason is going to hold for the Lakers. Who they're going to try and acquire. Are they going to get AD? Are they going to get KD? Is Kyrie going to go? Because that's another brother in crisis right now. It's mad though. To the fact that both LeBron and Kyrie are in crisis. When Kyrie should have just, he just, he should have just stayed in Cleveland, man. But that's an argument for another day, isn't it? Let's move on though to another team struggling. But in a different conference though. Boston Celtics, boy. Fifth seed right now in the East. Um, 38 and 26 record. The other night, I just saw them get blown out the building in Boston against the Rockets. Rockets were up, what, 22 at the half? It was a joke thing. Like, they were just doing everything they wanted to do. PJ Tucker, yeah, that is a guy. He's becoming an elite defender in this league. Watch. Come playoff time, he's going to be a huge asset for them. I know Trevor Ariza last year was probably their best wing defender, but this PJ Tucker guy, yeah, this is the second time I've seen him lock up star players that I see him against KD when the Rockets played Warriors and they beat them they beat him three times this year by the way locked up KD as well like he's playing he's been doing his thing man um, James Harden against the Celtics 42 points 7 rebounds 4 assists and he got fouled out <laughs> you know how crazy that is imagine he did I, albeit he got fouled out when there was like 5 minutes left in the 4th but still he could have easily gone on for 50 um, Eric Gordon, he's been cooking recently as well. 32 points. I feel like um, he was just draining uncontested free after uncontested free. I'm just looking at it thinking, Bro, like, is anyone going to guide him? Jalen Brown, you got him? Tatum, is that your man? <laughs> Gordon Hayward, is that your man's? Like, It was just a joke thing. Fam. I started a poll. I was thinking, what team has been more disappointed for me? The Celtics or the Lakers? And I've genuinely just been scratching my head thinking, I, I genuinely don't know. Because, okay, Lakers might not make the playoffs, but Celtics, yeah, they're a fifth seed right now. As it stands, yeah, they have to play... The Sixers, shit, yeah, they'll probably beat them still. They just have to hope and pray, yeah, that the Sixers are in the fourth seed. Because that's the only team, yeah, I see them beating. Because, obviously, the Pacers would have been a gimme after Oladipo went down. But they've actually been winning 
several games since he's been injured, and it's crazy to show. Obviously, I think it's Wesley Matthews they got now as well. Um, they acquired him from a trade. He he's clutched up. He stepped up to the plate, winning. He's been winning games as well. You know, we all know Miles Turner leading the league in blocks per game, two point seven blocks per game. So, you know, they've been playing good defense as well. So it's not, it's not. They're not going to be any rollover, fam. Trust me, like no one wants to be getting Indiana. So I don't see them winning a playoff game unless they match up against the Sixers because they just have the Sixers number, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mental thing, but whenever Embiid goes up against Horford, he just, he just plays so shit. Like it's so annoying as well, man. Because those are my guys. But yeah, the Celtics, they've been, they've been disappointed. A lot of people talk about, oh, they had to bring back Gordon Hayward, Tatum. Tatums and Browns and all that, but I feel like it's beyond that, man. Because Kyrie as well, I feel like at this point he's just playing for himself, man. There was he was going through a period of time when he was putting up double digits points and assists, like that's when he was trying. But I feel like even he knows there's no way he's staying in Boston in come the off season. He he's gonna he's probably gonna be the first nigga to cut like before even AD before uh, KD decides to sign or whatever, like. He's definitely gone. I don't see him staying at all, man. So, like, they were highly overrated, though. I mean, they done well to get into the Eastern Conference Finals with that young court of Brown, Tatum, Terry Rozier. Scary Terry was <laughs> created in during that playoff run. I feel like they were massively overrated. I mean, I can't lie, yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself for jumping on this bandwagon as well. But there was a time, yeah, when people were genuinely asking the question, who's about our... Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving when this was early this season and I foolishly tried to jump on the bandwagon. I know you're not listening. Kyrie, I'm I'm sorry, bro. I, I didn't mean it, fam. It was a prank still because <laughs> they were just highly overrated. Even Brad Stevens, act, who he coached well in the playoffs, but they were, they were comparing him to Greg Popovich and that. And fam, them men are OGs in the game, you know. That, that's a real-life legend, fam, Greg Popovich, fam. So, I feel like they were massively, massively overrated. So, now they've come back down to earth. And, boy, it's going to be interesting where they do end up. I feel like they're going to stay a fifth seed. Um, Yeah, I genuinely feel like they're going to stay a fifth seed. Because I don't see Indiana regressing below the fifth seed. I don't even see them touching the fifth seed. I see them, I see them reaching the fourth seed at the lowest. I think the Sixers will get the third seed. And that would be great for us because we get to avoid the Celtics, which we need to do if we want to go all the way to the NBA Finals. But yeah, um, moving on to the Sixers though. Obviously, Joel Embiid, he missed his fifth straight game when we lost to the Warriors at the Wells Fargo Center. It was a disappointing result as we were up most of the game. But obviously, with the Warriors, we know what they do in the third quarter. They were without Clay Thompson. That's the um, He missed his second game of the year. The first game he did miss was against the Sixers, so I don't know if he's got Sixers flu or whatever it is, but he, uh, he, he missed both games, innit? It was a disappointing loss, but we lost to a great team, innit? And we had we, we didn't have our star centre in Embiid and even our backup centre in Marjanovic, who went down. So we had Ben Simmons playing at centre, Max Scott playing at centre. We had John O'Bolden and the Young G playing at centre. Although, he done his thing, man. He tried, innit? Um, he dropped 12, 3, and 2. Simmons, he got triple-double, 25 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists. So, we're, they're playing well as a unit. It's just that they need to win. And Embiid needs to be healthy, man. They need that brother to be healthy. A report did come out saying that he did say he's going to start playing as early as next week. And that would be good because he needs to He needs to get that... We need to get that run of games going with 
the starting five that, that they recently acquired from the trade deadline. So I'm talking Simmons, Reddick, Butler, Harris and Embiid. They need to start playing more to develop that chemistry because come playoff time, that's going to be crucial in deciding as to whether or not this team is a... Well, they are a contender, whether they can go all the way. So yeah, um, moving on. I just want to discuss one, two games, big games that's been going on. And one game that went on on Friday. So the Chicago Bulls went up against the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, on paper, it's not really a big game. Obviously, both teams tanking. Hawks have been doing well recently, though. Uh, Trey Young, I'm, I'm going to come on to him soon, but <laughs> the Bulls beat the Hawks 168-161 to in quadruple overtime. I don't even remember. I don't even think I've watched an NBA game that's gone quadruple overtime. Like The longest has been triple overtime. That's happened a few times, but quadruple overtime like there was brothers playing 55 minutes in that like that's man played basketball for an hour <laughs> nba basketball as well that's crazy so yeah that was a mad game to watch um zach levine for the bulls dropped 47 points nine rebounds nine assists that's a career high for him big up him though um he's averaging 23 points five rebounds and 4.5 assists per game so yeah, man. Uh, the Bulls—they got a nice young team. Obviously, your Laurie Markkinen's as well. Wendell Carter Jr.—he's still injured, waiting for him to come back. So yeah, um, for the ATL, Trey TL—that's what they call him. I think that's his nickname, or Ice Trey, whatever you want to call him. Uh, career high, forty-nine points. Obviously, he's a rookie in it, so forty-nine points, eight rebounds, sixteen assists. I can't lie, Trey Young. I don't know what someone said to him. Yeah, piss him off. But he's been going off lately like he's been dropping 30 point games uh double digits assists like he's been playing well obviously Doncic he's just in a league of his own but if Don if Doncic wasn't about he'll definitely be rookie of the year a lot of people try to say he's trying to creep up um Trey Young trying to creep into that rookie of the year conversation I'm sorry it's uh, it's just Doncic man like I'm all in for underdog but when he Doncic is doing things yeah that <laughs> established NBA players have, haven't been able to achieve in their careers, like what he's averaging. So yeah, big up Trey Young though, because he's been he's been playing well. Um the other night when the Hawks played the Bulls again, he got <laughs> he got ejected though for a tech for uh I think he he dropped a free on Chris Dunn over Chris Dunn and then he just <laughs> put his hands down his waist and just started looking at him like the refs are moving soft now, man. There's no way that's a tech, man. They're taking fun out of the game because as a fan, yeah, of basketball, like, I want to see players going head-to-head, like, I want to see stare-downs, I want to see, like, uh, players getting into other people's heads, like, trust me, but when you're giving a man, when you're ejecting, man, just for looking at our next man, like, come on now, man, like, where's the fun in all this, man? That was another mad game. Another mad game I want to talk about, big up Donovan Mitchell, he dropped a career high when the Bucks went to Salt Lake City, 46 points for him. He played well. It's a good win for the Jazz as well because obviously the Bucks they they have the number one record in the league at the moment. So for them to lose, even though it's on the road, but it's, it's surprising. But they played against a good Utah team, man. They all know for their defense. You know, really good Bear as well. He did only drop five points in that game, but D. Mitch carried the team. Forty-six points, three rebounds, six assists, two steals, one block. <laughs> Great game for him. That's another player who people have ch- tried to say he's regressed this season. Obviously, we all know the amazing things he's done in the playoffs as the Utah Jazz did dispatch the OKC Thunder in the playoffs. But he's had he's, he's quietly just been doing his thing, man. He's a player that I like a lot. He's very athletic. You know, he can... Fam, 
Right, if you give that brother space, he can throw it down on anybody. He can be seven foot, eight foot, bro. Like his 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 hops are just crazy, fam. But yeah, um, before I wrap it up and call it a pod, I just want to look at the upcoming schedules for the Lakers, yeah, as they try to you know defy <coughs> input. Ah, it's not impossible, but they try to defy the odds and clinch a playoff berth. So they gotta go up against the Clippers. Nuggets, Celtics, that's all at Staples Center. Then they got to go to Chicago, Toronto, Detroit, and New York. Boy. Looking at those games on paper, the Clippers game is going to be tough because the Clippers have been balling. I big up Langy Shamet, you know. Obviously, he was at the Sixers. He was a Sixers rookie. I missed that guy, man. Game They got him playing that small forward now, you know. He was, he was a two-guard in Philly. I've been, I've been checking these stats now and again, man. I've got love for that guy, man. I like him. He's a sharpshooter. But, yeah, so the Clippers, that's not going to be an easy game. The Nuggets, that's not a game I don't think they're going to win. The Celtics, that's going to be an interesting game. That's a game on the 10th of March, yeah. <laughs> that's probably going to be the first game in the NBA history where both teams lose. <laughs> the, way, the way they've been playing, yeah. Somehow, they're both just going to lose, bruv. But, yeah, so then they got the Bulls. They should be winning that game. They gotta to go to Toronto and Detroit. Those are not those are get two games that's not they're not easy games, man. Detroit, they're a solid team. Obviously, they got Dwayne Casey now. They've been bullying. They got their they got their front court patterned. You got your Andre Germans and Blake Griffins. That's the upcoming schedule for the Lakers. Moving on for the Celtics. They have to play the Warriors on the 6th of March. That's I just see them getting blown out of the building. They gotta play Sacramento. I mean, that's not an easy game, you know. The Kings, they've been bowling. Like we all know that they're, they're dark horses to get a playoff berth as well. Like they they're ninth in the West, so you know they're fighting to get a playoff berth. Obviously, they are what? Three games off from the Spurs who occupy the third, the last playoff position. So difficult upcoming set of fixtures for both of these teams. It's crazy that it's both of them, because those are the two most successful franchises in NBA history. So it's peak that the demise is just taking place before our own eyes. But we'll just have to wait and see what goes on with the Celtics, what goes on for LeBron's legacy, and whether or not they will make the playoffs. If they do make it, it'll be a mad accomplishment. I won't lie to you. But yeah, I think I'm going to call it a pod now. That wraps up episode 22. Much love for your support if you're still listening at this point. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and on our streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud and on iTunes podcast. I'm your host, AB. I'll be back next week with some more Clutch Pod.